I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to do this. Okay. Let's uh, just wait a second here. I'm supposed to record this as well. Just give me a second here, guys. If anyone's come in yet, I'm just getting uh, just getting set up. Just wanted to get everything started here. Okay. There. Okay. Um. Just give me one second here, guys. Okay, uh, let's get started then. Um, Big win for the Fly Guys tonight. What can you say about this top line? Uh, Absolutely outstanding. I got to I got to cut. Start over. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Post Game Show. I am Bill Match, your director of Fun and Games for the evening. And will you look at that? The winning streak at home in the regular season continues against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. The top line came up big tonight. My guy, badass motherfucker Brian Elliott, came up big tonight. And uh, that's that's really that's really all it was. Was uh, you know it was it was just uh, the, the the best players in the team doing their job. You had Couturier, Voracek, and uh, Drew, each with uh, each with a goal. Uh, what was it? I think, what did they... Couturier had just the one point, and Drew and Voracek each had three. Yeah, Drew and Voracek are on Couturier's goal. Giroux is on Voracek's goal. Voracek is on Giroux's goal. So that is a hell of a night uh, for that top line. Uh, I wanted to, you know, maybe, maybe we could be getting a little bit more out of the uh, out of the other lines. It would be nice if we could really just be getting more out of uh, out of the Jordan wheels, out of the uh, you know uh, Travis Konechny's, Wayne Simmons. But for right now. Hell, man, I'll take it. I will take this kind of effort against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, you know, big win at home coming off the coming off the four day break. Uh, I just have a couple of things I want to get into. I guess we will start with the. Uh, I guess we will start with the top line. I mean, what else can you say? Uh, I want to. Their point totals haven't been updated uh, on the site yet, but I want to. Uh, the other night, I heard. Um, I heard the uh, the t- the Tampa Bay first line, the Stamkos, Kucherov, uh, Nemestikov line, referred to as Stamkov, and I like that. That's a that's a good. That's just a good uh, mix of the names. You know, you have the OV and two of the names, so it kind of kind of gels there with the two Russians and then Stamkos. But I want to I want to name the top line here. So put your suggestions in there uh, in the comments. If I, if I see him, if I see a good one, I'll mention it. But uh, this is, you know, prime Steph, prime Steph driver work. She always likes to go through the comments afterwards, see what everyone's feedback was. And uh, we'll go through, see if we can get some good names going. I want to, uh, I want to check here. I had some people tweet me their suggestions for uh for names, here we go. If I can find this tweet for names for the Giroux Katorier Voracek line because they are they are just absolutely so much fun to watch. Uh, we we all were waiting to see how the Giroux to wing experiment to go. What could Sean Katorier really do at one C? Uh, is Jake Voracek gonna have a bounce back year? It's weird to say Jake Voracek needed to bounce back, even though. 
He led the team in points last year, but anyone who watched him on a nightly basis knew Jake Voracek didn't have his strongest year last year. And, of course, Claude Giroux dealing with the injuries. We've been talking about Giroux's decline. It feels like for two and a half seasons. He is back. I saw somebody put in the comments, G is back. Um, Snap, crackle, pop. I like that. The ginger beards. Uh, Beardy McBeard face, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, ginger beards got a couple of Twitter votes. So, um, Jakoracek. Jakoracek is a good one. I am down with Jakoracek. That might be, uh, let's, I want to read some of my uh, Twitter suggestions here. Uh, Sean Claude, Jakob Dam. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Um, Ginger snaps. That's that's an obvious one. Uh, the very best. The very best hockey playing goal scoring man's. Okay. All right. It's a little. It's a mouthful, but maybe we can. Uh, maybe we can abbreviate it somehow. Uh, ginger gods. I don't know because we have a ginger Jesus. I kind of. But you're on the right path here. Ginger. Uh, ginger beard line. Ginger beard line is good. Uh, the G men. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. This is a little graphic. The cervix, uh, CVX. Um, there's an X. Wait. Claude Voracek and I don't get it. Who's the X? Katoria Voracek and X. Who's X? Giroux? I don't. I don't know. Uh, ginger beards got to be ginger snaps. Also acceptable. Ginger snaps is okay. Um, the hockey goal scorer gang. Yeah, I mean it's a it's an accurate description. They score a lot of hockey goals. Legion of Doom two, Electric Boogaloo. Eh. Uh, all of the courses. They do seem to rack up the courses. Uh, I never, you know, I always think because uh, I notice a couple of shifts. I go, oh, they must have killed it. But I always like to check Charlie's uh, Charlie's numbers and his uh, ten things we learned on uh, on the athletic. Charlie O'Connor of Broad Street Hockey Radio always does a great job uh, writing more than a game story. It's it's really uh, it, it, it's great stuff uh, what he does breaking down you know ten storylines and it's a lot harder to come up with ten things sometimes than you think. Uh, he does a good job with that. Um, Ginger Beard Men, another one for them. Uh, since the fourth line goes by the Honeybees, first line should be Redheaded Flies. Ooh, that's. Rough one there. The Golden Gods. I like the uh, I like the almost famous reference. That's a good one. Uh, toothless pork chop line. That's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. And the redheaded sluts. I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like that's that's kind of offensive. Uh, oh Jesus! I dropped my phone. Well, I don't need it anymore. Um, yeah. So uh, I just want to get the first line was absolutely uh, phenomenal. C3 Trio. Oh, I like it. I like it. Coot Voragy. Uh, the 135. 20, I thought about the 135, Bill. I was like, because I just tweeted it out as their numbers 28, 14, 93. And I was like, oh, what if we added them? Oh, 135. 135 is, I guess that you could, you could go, uh, I guess you could go in that direction. The Adventures of Cooter and Friends from Michael Brown. That's fun. <laughs> Um, gingerbread man, yeah, a lot of gingerbread, a lot of ginger beard. Um, oh, the X in Giroux, I get it. Yeah, it's like the last letter in his name, though. I don't know. I don't love it. I I had the lighting in here right, and now I don't like it. And it was good earlier. So this is uh, this is my new studio, everybody. If you've been uh, if you've been joining me for uh for these post games for a while if you think the audio if you think the sounds a little better it's because i've uh kind of finagled some stuff in here uh to just get a better sound going i've kind of created my own little uh blanket fort slash broadcast studio to be able to do these post games to be able to do yelling about sports for the patreon to be able to do the nhl show and all the stuff we do um not in a studio uh, for you guys. So I'm just trying to raise the quality here. Of course, I'm still going to do, you know, shows in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles t-shirt. But uh, yeah, so let's get into this game a little. Um, yeah, we'll we'll sort through these names. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll look through the uh, Justice League of the Super Friends and for the Legion of Doom. That's good. Uh, yeah, I'll sort through some of these comments, pick out some good names, and uh, we'll... Uh, We'll have some fun with that in the next in the next couple of shows. 
Uh, oh man, I forgot to tweet out a link. Well, too late now. It's like, yeah, people will figure it out. Uh, so I want to take a look at this box score here. First thing that stood out to me when I was looking at it, uh, even distribution of ice time for the defenseman. Uh, Gostas Bear made his return a couple of nights ago. He played 20-27 tonight, and he played 50 minutes on uh, shorthanded, or 50 seconds of uh, shorthanded time when both, uh, who was in the Provorov and Gudis were both in the box at one point. So I guess you just had to have an all-hands-on-deck uh, penalty kill there. But, yeah. Gouda, 17 and a quarter. Sanheim, 16-20. Haig, about 21. Provorov, 21-42. Manning, 20-15. Gostas Bear, 20-27. So even distribution of the uh, defensive minutes, and that's a good sign with uh, with Gudis getting back healthy and now Gostas Bear back. It was it was they were they had to cobble it together for a little while there with you know Mark Alt playing the. Uh, the uh, generic video game <laughs> creation, Mark Alt, who turns out to be a real guy. Um, so uh, Will O'Neill got into, a, you know, got, got some ice time. Like they had to, they had to piece it together there, but I'm liking what I'm seeing out of the defense. Really liked what I saw out of Travis Sanheim tonight. He just looks like he's getting more and more comfortable. I know I say it every show, but it just, He's he's jumping up into the play. He's starting to show uh, he's starting to show what made him uh, such a special player. You know, with uh, with the Calgary Hitmen, and then last year as he really started to come into his own with the Phantoms, and now he's starting to really show you what he can do. Uh, you know, first round pick in 2014, really starting to. I'm just expecting that big breakout. I just keep expecting it. Maybe we'll get it. Uh, what do they play against Saturday against? Um, Saturday against Minnesota. They're home for that. I actually have a schedule up here now. I actually hung up a schedule. So, like, when I'm looking up, I'm not just trying to kill time and, and think of something. I can actually look up and be like, oh, yeah, they play Saturday now. Uh, yeah, so I, I liked what I saw. I'm just waiting for that big breakout game out of um, – uh, out of Sanheim, you can feel it coming. Like he had, he had a bunch of scoring chances tonight. There was one, uh, there was one offensive possession. He could have had three points. Like he had, he had a goal and two assists wrapped up base or maybe assist and two goals. Yeah. Cause he went to the net, had a second chance at it. He had a bunch of opportunities. Um, he's going to get one. He's going to get one. And I just feel like it's going to, it's going to start. It's just going to start after that. Once he, uh, once he gets that first one. So that was my first observation with the defense tonight. I like the even distribution of the ice time. Uh, I like everyone seems to be getting comfortable, even with the new partners. Uh, Haig is looking more and more comfortable uh, playing on that right side, playing, uh, playing some time with Provorov. Oh, that was another thing I really liked. Uh, Gostas Bayer getting some extended time. Uh, Gosses Bear getting some time with uh, Ivan Provorov. Was it at the end of the first? I think it was at the end of the first period. Uh, they had some. They had an offensive zone draw, I believe, and uh, those two got some time out there together. And it was they created chances. And I just want to see those two play together. I realize as long as Brandon Manning is you know a regular, as long as as long as Sanheim and Haig are kind of still you know in the first. 20 games or so of their career, like inside of that, it's, it's, you're not going to be able to put your basically two most veteran defensemen other than Gudis and Gudis was out for, you know, an extended period of time. Uh, you're not going to be able to play them together as much, but I do see a situation in which you can, um, find shifts for them to play together, which they did tonight, and they were effective. Uh, it's it's just it's such a dynamic pairing. They have so much skill and sense. That's uh, they're not only good, they're uh, they're very smart players. They know where to go with the puck. They're always willing to make that extra pass or take the puck to the net when warranted. They make uh, I feel like they don't make a ton of bad decisions with the puck, whether uh, whether they want to pass or shoot. Well, let's fix it. No, that's just illuminated from underneath. Now I hate that. Um, this is as good as it's going to be. I got to screw around with it some more. Um, what else? What else? What else? The uh, outside of this first line, I, it was a it was a great win tonight. I really liked what I saw after getting shut out uh, after getting shut out by Crawford. Just what eight days ago, I think they said the last uh, was the last game. 
Um, it was good to see them come out, come out strong. First periods have been such an issue for this team recently. Uh, I think they came into the game with like nine first period goals and that's just not good enough. And they came out, got two in the first established themselves. They were everywhere in that first period tonight. Uh, and that was just a really good sign, good sign of things to come that, um, you know, they've, they've been good in second periods. They've been good in third periods, outscoring teams, I think 18, 14 and in third periods coming into tonight. And, uh, you know, you come out in the first and you just – this shows me, okay, we're improving on things. We're, we're, uh, we're, finding, we're finding ways to fix the holes in our game that do exist. Because while I do think overall they've played pretty well, they are at around 500. So, you know, there are things that they can fix. And I liked what I saw tonight in terms of, uh, in terms of that first period effort. They just came out right away. Again, that first line just got established immediately. And um, you saw the head-to-head numbers with um, – Drew and Taves in the faceoff circle. The first line had the puck the entire – every time those two lines were head-to-head, it looked like the Giroux-Couturier-Voracek line was uh, was getting the better of the play. And no slouch on the other side there with, with Taves and Kane. Um, just a really solid line on the other side. And the uh, the Flyers, Flyers came out ahead. I will say, though, I, I you just need to see more – out of out of these other lines. I mean, the fourth line does what it does. Um, Raffle had uh, three shots and two blocks in 11-18. Lear had two shots and a hit in 12-38. And Lawton had one shot and two hits in 14-08. Uh, Lear and Lawton each had a minute 46 of penalty kill time as well. So... That line does what it does, but you're just getting so like, – like, yeah, look, Yuri Laterra played 10-38 tonight. He was minus one with one shot and one hit. Like, that's just not getting it done, man. I It, it really just – it isn't enough. I thought Travis Konechny played a really strong game again, and he's just another one. I just feel the production coming with Travis Konechny. He just hasn't – like, I feel like he's going to have a three-point night, and then he's going to be good, and then he's going to be on his way uh, for the rest of the season. But he just needs to – he needs to have that just um, – that one breakout performance, and then the pucks will start going in for him. He had that great opportunity uh, on the Giroux setup on the odd man rush where Crawford made a nice save. Maybe it took a little – a little too long for the pass to get there, and Crawford was able to get across, and um, Konechny wasn't able to fire it right away. But uh, it, I thought Konechny played a real strong game tonight, uh, even though he was held off of the score sheet. Uh, yeah, this is what I wanted to look up now. So points-wise, Voracek leads the way, four goals, 17 assists, 21 points. Claude Giroux, 9 goals, 11 assists, 20 points. Couturier leads the team in goals. Sean Couturier, career-high 15 goals, leads the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers with 10 goals. Uh, also has 9 assists for 19 points. And then fourth on the team in scoring, Shane Gostisbehere with a goal and 14 assists. Behind those four guys, you know, Voracek, Giroux, Couturier, and Ghost. Simmons, 11 points. Philpola, 9 points. They each have 6 goals. After that, Provorov, now Konechny, all the way down at 8th. 2 goals, 5 assists. Jordan Wheel, 2 goals, 4 assists. Wheel missed some games. Wheel's missed 2 games, and it seems like he's not 100% healthy. Same for Wayne Simmons. Hasn't missed any time, but there was a point you could tell he wasn't 100% healthy. Scott Lawton is 10th, 2 goals, 2 assists. Brandon Manning, tied with him, 2 goals, 2 assists. Like, they just need some more secondary scoring, and this team could be really, really good. Um, but as I've said all year, I really believe that this could be a second-half team. Um, they're just so young. They have new faces, new combinations. I mean, the top line took off faster than I ever would have expected. I thought it was going to be an experiment that I hoped uh, Hackstall would stick with. And... Um, it would be a little slow getting started. And I was like, okay, if, if you're going to commit to this thing, Sean Couturier, 1C, Drew at the wing, just if they, have a, if they have a hard time, first couple of games, stick with it. And that wasn't the case. They basically took off right away. Uh, so that was, it's easy to keep them together. And then the fourth line does its job, even though they don't score a ton. They do enough that you're able to piece together the middle six. But now with the Nolan Patrick injury, you've had some other injuries. Like I said, Jordan Wheel missed time. Wayne Simmons is banged up. Uh, it's kind of just 
you're piecing some, you're trying to piece things together. Like Yuri Laterra shouldn't be in this lineup. Dale Weiss probably shouldn't be in this lineup, but it's just the best you got right now. Um, but I expect, I kind of expect things to start to come together. Uh, Sam says top line is one of the best uh, in the league. Yeah, I'm fairly certain the only line that is outscoring the uh, the Giroux Couturier Voracek line is the uh, is the uh, Stamkov line in Tampa Bay, which is if you haven't been watching Tampa Bay, um, they played the Sharks last night on uh, on NBC Sports. My God. They just play a brand of hockey that is fun to watch. That's what that's what uh that's the kind of hockey that new hockey's supposed to be. If they're gonna take if they're gonna take the stuff that, you know, I grew up with out of the game, I'm fine with it if it looks like uh what I watched last night in that uh in that lightning sharks game. Um I guess yeah, so they just need more. They need more secondary scoring, but I'm not gonna complain on a night where each of the three, you know, first liners has a goal. Uh, they Drew and Voracek each have three points. It's just a fun night. Not going to complain too much, but overall, I expect this team to come together and really have a stronger second half. I expect them to be around 500, even though they're playing well. They're just going to hang around 500 for the first half of the season. But another really good sign tonight was Brian Elliott. Uh, what was he? he stopped 36 of 37 shots, including both power play shots he faced. Uh, or no, even strength. He stopped 36 of 37, stopped 38 of 39 overall for a 974 save percentage, played all 60 minutes. I was very encouraged by what I saw out of Brian Elliott tonight. Uh, aside from the one goal where there just seemed to be, I don't know if the first shot attempt reached him or it was blocked and kind of came out. He just, it looked like the puck got lost in the fray and he lost track of it, but it seemed like he wasn't, um, it was his first game that wasn't overly frantic. I guess he was uh he wasn't diving around as much. He just looked more settled in his net for the for really the first time all season. I thought that was that was a positive sign out of Elliott. Um starting him tonight. I guess Neuvert's last start wasn't very good, so you go back to Elliott, but after four days off, you're going to come out with your starter. And although Brian Elliott hasn't been very good, he is still deemed the starter of this team. Michael Neuvert just can't play enough games in a row to be able to warrant it, even though uh, he's capable of playing at a high level every, you know, if he plays once or twice a week, he plays at a high level, but you just, you can't play him and uh, you can't play him two games in a row. There's just so much, uh, he's so limited physically in terms of uh, health and consistency, I guess. Uh, I guess those two things are kind of one in the same for him almost. But a uh, really good sign. They come out with Brian Elliott tonight, and he plays, um, I would guess, I would say his best game of the season. Uh, yeah, easily his his best game of the season. Uh, his best game as a Philadelphia Flyer. Yeah, stop 38-39. I want to bring up his game logs here. Um, where are we? Yeah, nine seventy. So he hasn't played since the last game against Chicago. Uh, overall, against Chicago, yeah, he stopped. He stopped thirty-two or thirty-four against Chicago. So he hasn't been. Uh, he hasn't been terrible for them uh, in his last couple of starts. But in the game before that, of course, was the the uh, four goal effort against Arizona. He was pretty good against Toronto before that. But then he had the six goals he gave up to Anaheim, which is just it's, – it's unacceptable. I don't care if it's I, – I don't care if it's an all-star team. He can't give up six goals. Uh, he was pretty good against Edmonton, okay against Washington. Nashville was the really bad game where he had another – he's given up six twice this year. Uh, I just – he's been at least okay in a majority of his games. It's just that when he's bad, he, <clears throat> he looks disgraceful. Um, but I just thought it was a really good sign tonight that uh, he came out, got back on track. Now, I I would assume they go with him again um, against uh, – I feel like maybe he has bad career numbers or something. That seems familiar. He has bad career numbers against uh, the Wild. I want to check that out right now, actually. Bear with me as I kill time by just saying – words as I pull up Brian Elliott's career splits here. 
Uh, I just I feel like I heard he has bad career numbers against the Minnesota Wild, uh, but I could be totally off base here. Uh, 207 and 915, totally acceptable. So um, I would expect him to be uh, I would expect him to be back in the lineup uh, on Saturday. And you kind of just I would ride Elliot until he gives you a reason not to. Yeah, you mix Neuvert in because that's what he's here to do. He's here to start hopefully 30 games and be really good in 27 of them. That's what you're hoping for out of Michael Neuvert because he hasn't shown any ability to play more than 30 games in a season. Uh, so you're just hoping to get the most uh, out of him in his limited appearances. That was really all I had uh, in terms of my observations from the game. Again, first line, excellent. Really liked the uh, even distribution of the ice time. Uh, really happy with uh, uh, the even distribution of the ice time for the defensemen. Now that Gudis and Gosses Bear are both back, uh, I was really happy with uh, Brian Elliott. Uh, now I want to just take some of your questions. I'm going to scroll up a little, throw your questions in the comments, uh, and I will just uh, I'll just start. Um, I'll just start answering them the the best that I can. Uh, the second line should be Simmons, Patrick when healthy, and TK, in my opinion. Um, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Simmons seems to only be able to play the right wing, and they like uh, – Konechny can play either. I got a question on Twitter tonight about maybe um, moving Konechny to center of a uh, – of a line, and while he's played center prior to his, uh, you know, NHL career, I don't believe the Flyers view him as a center, at least not yet. Um, they really haven't shown any interest in uh, in that. Um, Wheel as well. Wheel has played center at times in his career. I just don't think they. Uh, I don't think they're all interested in that. Uh, big night, uh, Bill. Big night for the odd man rushes for the Flyers. How did they make them happen? Uh, a lot of different ways. Uh, I saw a couple of good stretch passes, a couple good stretch passes. Uh, when Ghost is back, you're going to be able to make the stretch passes. Also, I think they were aggressive in the neutral zone again. Um, you're able to be more aggressive in the neutral zone when you have faith in your defense. And when you're, when the one defenseman has faith in the partner next to him, when you're playing with you know, Will O'Neill it really is like, oh, if I step up and I don't make the play, we're going to be in some trouble here. Um, so I, I just think the the confidence everyone has to be able to step up and uh, create turnovers in the neutral zone and right at the uh, right at the defensive blue line. And uh, I think they were solid passing, especially in the first period. Again, they came out with a good first period for the first time in a while. And um, – Charlie and I and Steph and Kelly have all noted, like, in first periods, it just feels like this is a team that can pass. This isn't like, you know, you're, the Flyers you grew up with that just couldn't pass. This team is a pretty decent passing team, and in first periods, it's like they're all playing with the wrong-handed stick. Like, I actually once played in a men's league game where that happened. We were getting blown out so bad. The other, it was like 15-1. to 1. The other team started, they all switched sticks. Like lefties were playing with righties, righties with lefties. But like that's what it looks like sometimes. And the Flyers, um, they can, they were a little maybe right away they were running around. But like after the first couple of minutes in the first period, it looked like uh, they were just making strong passes. And you know when the other team overskates, uh, the ice was a little choppy again tonight too. This uh, it's almost a developing trend. I I, I hate to say because I feel like the the Wells Fargo Center has had really good ice for so long. Um, I, I feel like there were some overskated pucks that the Flyers took advantage of, but then it, it happened in the other direction too. Uh, the Flyers had a couple of uh, – actually led to one of the goals. The puck was bouncing so much, eventually uh, Ghost was able to corral it and get that pass over to the to Voracek for his goal. But uh, I think they made I think they made the odd man rushes happen in a, in a number of ways, utilizing stress – let me try that again. Utilizing stretch passes, uh, being aggressive in the neutral zone, causing turnovers, and just being the first to pucks in their own end and uh, sending a man and being able to spring him by making just a good pass. Maybe not necessarily like a two-line pass, but by making a good initial pass to be able to get, you know, uh, almost a give-and-go going through the neutral zone. I, I think they created uh, odd man rushes uh, pretty well tonight. So great question. Uh, Nolan Patrick skating time uncertain. Yeah, he's on, he's off. My hope is that they're just being cautious. That's my number one hope is that they're just like, 
this organization especially knows how 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 devastating concussions can be uh, not only to the person they happen to and the games that he misses or the season that it affects, but the career of a potentially great player. So uh, I hope that they are just being overly cautious. And if that is the case, I applaud them for that. Don't let the kid play until he's totally ready. Things are fine right now. Like I said, I expect this to be a second-half team. I expect a lot to come together in the second half, and a lot of that is I believe Nolan Patrick will start getting – will be able to get back on the ice and really start making a difference. But I have no – I don't want to rush this kid a little bit uh, with this kind of thing. He's got a not a concussion history but an injury history. Why screw with it? Is there any coffee in this mug left? There is. Awesome. You guys like my lemon mug? Uh, Where were we? Anyone in the AHL better than Weiss? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I mean, Mike Vecchioni is uh, playing great down there. Um, He got a shot. Uh, He's he's a natural center, but he got a shot at wing uh, in the preseason. I wouldn't mind seeing him. Uh, I mean, if if you haven't been keeping up with Donique Martel down there, uh, I think he – I think it's 14 goals in 14 games now for Martel. I he may have played another game and scored another goal. Who I got I got to check now. Uh but last I saw I believe 14 and 14 for Martel. Where did he go? Yes, 14 goals, 5 assists in 14 games for uh Donique Martel. So uh yeah, he's killing it down there. He's a little guy. Uh, he's more in the mold of a Konechny, of a uh, wheel type of player, not so much. They like Weiss's big body. But we talked about this a bit on uh, Broadway Hockey on Monday, I believe, in that I think it was the I think it was the Chicago game last week. Yeah, because it, it was the Wednesday game. Yeah, so it was Chicago because uh, Emmerich, was, Emmerich was announcing. And I swear, in the first period, Emmerich called, uh, Emmerich called Weiss rugged like two or three times. And when they signed Dale Weiss, the Flyers, I I thought he was just a better Ryan White. Like and I expected a rugged guy. Like he's he's been a guy that um fan bases like uh on teams he's played for. So I thought okay, he'll he's a hard working like kind of grinder with a little bit more skill than Ryan White. Cool, cool. Um I haven't seen anything rugged out of the guy at all. I, so while I don't know if they'd replace him because he's a big body, I don't know if they'd replace him with like a, a shooter like um, like Martell. Uh, what is Weiss doing for? What's Weiss doing for you at all? I didn't even look at his line tonight. Uh, or I, I gotta I gotta check it now. Where did uh Where did this go? Come on, go back. I hate NHL.com. It is. Uh, uh, everyone had a problem with the NHL.com stats before, and I didn't. I always stuck up for them because the stuff I used it for was fine. Um, is, did we see him play tonight? Yeah, there he is. I was, oh, yeah, look at that. 906, minus one, one hit, and one takeaway. Someone must have just left the puck on his stick for him to get a takeaway. Did he? So he had the f- least amount of ice time on the team tonight. Um, Weiss nine oh six, Latera ten thirty eight, Raffle eleven eighteen, Lear, Lawton. Yeah. So at least the coach has recognized that Weiss and Latera are kind of the uh the odd men out here and they just like they're the guys on the roster and they I guess they have no desire to play Matt Reed. So uh Weiss and Laterra. But yeah, I think they have plenty of guys in the AHL. I haven't checked uh what's Oscar Lindblom up to? Oscar Lindblom now has three goals and six assists, nine points in fourteen games. So he's heating up. Uh yeah, I, I gotta believe Oscar Lindblom is gonna be up sooner rather than later. Uh, Donnie Martel's shooting over 29%. We keep saying the number's going to regress and it keeps going up. It's, it's unbelievable what he's doing down there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Phil Verone has, has three goals and 11 assists. So there are players, there are forwards in the, NA, in the AHL who are better than Dale Weiss. They just are. They have to be. 
You're like they have to be better than Weiss and Laterra. There's they can't be worse. I don't think that those guys would go to the AHL and put up those numbers. I really, really do not. Um, Flyers finally come out in the first period flying. Yeah, we were making the joke on on the show again Monday. It was you know whatever they're doing this the ammonia inhalant the um the the smelling salts aren't working. Whatever they're doing, they need something else. Because but I guess uh, they finally just got it going. The four days off, they were ready to go. Um, wanted to fix one of the big problems that they've had all year. The biggest problems that they've had all year have been uh, first periods and goaltending, and those two things were fixed tonight. So at least for tonight, I have very few complaints outside of the uh, secondary scoring. Um, Watched Tampa last night, and it was the fastest hockey I've seen played all year. No, I was uh, I was hanging out with a buddy of mine today, and that was the first thing he said to me. He was like, "Dude, did you watch the first period of that game? Those two came, those two teams came out, and they were. It was like it, it was like speed. It was like they were on speed. They were just flying." Um, okay, red hot gingers. Uh, hot tamales, maybe. Hot tamales. Good candy reference there. Maybe there's something there's something that can be done there. Uh, from Caleb, Simmer looks off. Still need him back to normal with TK. The middle six will be better. Nolan with Wheels should help too. No, absolutely. A lot of it has to do with health. Um, Wheels seems to be getting back in the form. I've he's made some nice plays recently. Uh, hasn't been making the impact on the score sheet that he made at the end of last season, but overall I've liked his game. Um, Connect me again. He was he's. He's typically – he made that uh, – he and Goss's Bear teamed up to make a uh, play um, on a rush tonight, a defensive play, uh, while the Flyers were on that uh, – while they were on that power play near the end of the game. They teamed up to make an outstanding uh, defensive play, and that's just the kind of stuff I love seeing out of Konechny because that's the um, – that's the big knock on his game is what he does in his own end. But he was everywhere tonight. Again, I just keep expecting – he just is playing so well. I expect um, a big breakout game from him. But I like that he's keeping at it. I like that he's making little plays and also flashing in the offensive zone. Production's going to come. Not worried about it. I'm just, like, looking forward to seeing it because when it happens, I expect it will lead to even more, and that will be good for everybody. It will be good for Travis. It will be for all, good for all of us. Looking forward to it. Uh, Elliot was outstanding tonight. No, that was uh, first periods and goaltending have been the big issue this year, and both of those things were were great tonight. First time I thought Elliot looked comfortable in his net all year. Um, first time he looked comfortable in net. Joe Cameron, thank you, Joe. Uh, first game all year I saw Brian Elliott, not Dominic Hasek. Yeah, I mean, I mean Hasek was awesome. That's the difference. Is Hasek would flop all around, and then the puck wouldn't go by him. Uh, that's Elliot flops all around and makes the saves. It's the easy shit. He it's, it's on um, the goals that do go in on him. It's like, dude, just shuffle over. You had it. And he makes Boucher falling backwards type saves. And it's, but it's the goal tonight. I, he just lost track of the puck. I, I'm not even going to blame him for that when he just lost. Yeah. What's he going to shut him out? I doubt it. Um, Noivy plays well versus the Wild. Maybe that's the case. I didn't even look at what. Let's check that out, actually, since we're talking about it. Uh, Michael Noiver, there you are. Uh, let's see what your career splits are. I know everyone's like, oh, what are you looking at? His career numbers. It's just something interesting. Uh, where are you, Minnesota Wild? Where are you? Uh, 900 save percentage. Two one six. I mean, it's only what three games. He's one and one, so it looks like one of those games was in relief. Uh, yeah, one hundred thirty eight minutes. So it's not a whole lot to go on. But his save percentage isn't spectacular against them by any means. I expect Elliott back in net on a Saturday against Minnesota. Uh, I'd like to see Reed in and we saw Latera out on Saturday. No, I mean what. At least Reed can kill penalties. That's the only that's the only thing to me is at least I know Reed can do something comp- competently. Like Weiss and Laterra give you nothing. At least 
I can put Couturier and Reed out as a penalty kill duo, and that will work. I know it will. I've seen it work. Um, I, I would much rather, as much as I'm like ready to move on from the Matt Reed era, it's just, you know, it was a, you had a nice little run. You've had a great career. You're going to be, you're going to be competent somewhere else. You're going to be a nice ninth forward somewhere or a fourth line or even maybe, but, uh, not, not here. It's over. Uh, should we worry about Simmons seven game goal drought? No. And I'll tell you why. Um, I've, I've, cause I've written this piece so many times that I just go back and check the old piece and basically update it, uh, with whatever new site I'm at on now. Um, seven game goal droughts are kind of his thing. He has seven game goal droughts and then he'll have like five goals in seven games and he'll have another three game goal drought and he'll have six goals in four games. And then he'll have a five game goal drought and then he'll do it all over again. This he's very streaky and all goal scorers are streaky. I mean, Look at the numbers. Who scores? One guy scores 50 now. Numbers are way up this season, at least to start. But, like, Ovechkin scores 50, and that's it. Nobody else. So, through an 82-game season, you have a great year if you have 32 goals. That's 50 games without a goal. And if you have multi-goal games, it's even more. So, I'm not worried about it. But I do believe he's playing banged up. He doesn't look like himself. But I expect him to get it together at some like. He's going he's gonna to score 30 goals this year. He is. So I'm not particularly worried about it because I know what his floor is, and it's like 27 goals. Uh, Martel had another goal and an assist yesterday, putting him at 14. And yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Oh, I'm way behind on these comments, it looks like. Um, Elliot, best game yet. Not sold on him. Loses sight of the puck too much and plays back too far in the net usually, but tonight he showed a pulse for once. Yeah, that's because he loses sight of the puck a lot. I don't have a problem with him um, playing back in the net and giving him more, giving himself more time to react. There was a play tonight where you saw he didn't react till uh, till the puck hit him, but because he was deep enough and he just lined up square, um, it hit him in the pad and he was able to kick it to the corner and it wasn't a dangerous play, even though they had a nice chance on the play. Um, how about the shield for Cooch, G, and Jake? I love it, man. Hounds of justice. I'm all about it. Uh, Lindblom ahead of Martel. No, absolutely. I mean, when um, when Hextall has been asked about Martel, he has said things to the effect of, hey, he's off to a hell of a start, and we love what we're seeing. But basically he said, like, Kids shooting around 30%, uh, probably not sustainable. So we're going to wait and see before we just declare this kid, you know, the next big thing. Uh, he's been a 20-22 goal scorer in the AHL, and he's already got 14 in 14 games. Maybe he just figured out the league and he's got the best shot of all time, or maybe he's just on an incredible hot streak right now. I would like to see that hot streak up here. Maybe he can keep it going, but maybe he's just Peter White. Um, right now, Ghost is as important to the offense as Provy is to the D. When Ghost went down, we couldn't get any rhythm offensively. Thoughts, Bill? No, and uh, talking about getting back earlier, we utilized stretch passes. I thought uh, he and creating odd man rushes and just matchups. Uh, when Ghost when Ghost was out there uh, for the Voracek goal to set that play up, I, there's no defense. Those three with the, the top line with Voracek, uh, Giroux and Couturier and Ghost out there. There's no defense for it. It's really just he is as much of a catalyst to this offense as anybody. And yeah, they had a problem scoring when he was out of the lineup. That was apparent. Um, he is a major part of this team. And I think even though last year he had his ups and downs uh, with the coaching staff, with his own play, with his confidence, with injuries, whatever it was. The the front office in the offseason said, no, we have confidence in you. We know what you're capable of. And they signed him to the long-term deal, which I think was huge for part of what was hurting him last year in terms of confidence to just, we believe in you to go out and play your game. And he did, and you're seeing it now. I mean, he's fourth on the team in points. And if he didn't miss any time, he would probably be second. Okay, let's keep going. Was it me or did Haig play one of his best games tonight? Seemed like he made a bunch of great defensive plays. He, uh, that's the thing is, Haig, I call him your right guard. 
Uh, if you don't hear his name, that means he's doing a great job. But he makes a ton of subtle plays. Uh, he wins a lot of puck battles, like along the half boards, behind the net. Uh, he had a couple uh, – what did he have tonight? I think he had two blocks. Where are you, Haig? Yeah, five hits, two blocks, uh, one shot on net. He was a plus two with no giveaways and one takeaway in 2052. I mean, that's all you can ask for out of the guy. And he's playing with Ivan Provorov, so you know he's getting in there at home, so you know he's playing a tough matchup, and he comes out on the plus side of things. I don't like to use plus minus as like a uh, a real evaluation tool, but I think it has a uh, I think it has a use in terms of comparison. Like last year the Flyers had a negative goal differential and Sean Couturier finishes the year plus 7. That's really impressive. You know, like I think it has a comparative use, but like as a full evaluation, but it's in the box score, so I'm going to read it to you. That's why I brought it up. Um, Raffles expendable. He's playing good, but they can afford to trade him and bring up another forward. But like, why? What's the point of that? They have players who are worse than him. Why would you trade a guy who's one? There's no need to trade him yet. Uh, Weiss prospered from Patrick. Weiss did play better when Patrick was there. Um, those two seem to have good chemistry, both bigger guys, uh, similar, not skill sets, because Patrick is so much more skilled than Weiss, but they do a lot of the same things well. Um, Patrick much better. But yeah, I think they had, I think they had good chemistry. Um, he has not, before Patrick was injured, I was much more like, oh, maybe Weiss isn't so bad. And now, since he's been out, I'm like, get this dude. I just don't want to watch him anymore. Um, where are we? As long as Matt Reed is not on the ice, don't want to see him again. Can't wait till his contract is freed up. Yeah, but he's better than Weiss and Laterra. Like, that's all. That's the only reason. I don't want to see Matt Reed anymore either. But if my options are Matt Reed, Yuri Laterra, and Dale Weiss, I'm taking Matt Reed. I think Oscar has more upside than Martel. Oh, he absolutely does. I mean, Oscar Lindblom, um, probably a top six forward. I think uh, Danny Martel can be a nice depth scorer for you, but not a guy you depend on. But you need role players too. Role players are very important. Um, Latera is a very good passer, but that's about it. Yeah, he doesn't have like enough... He doesn't have enough of anything else to make use of that passing ability. Like, that's my issue with Laterra. Like, he does that one thing well, but, like, what what good is it if you can't do other stuff to be able to utilize that passing? Uh, the Flyers are a faster team. It's nice to see. It's amazing to watch, like, these Flyers, and you're like, oh, man, they're – this is a fast, skilled team. It's not a – uh this isn't a dump and chase, uh, like grinder team. This is this is a team that gets by on skill. Hot tamales, yeah, I'm telling you. Uh, thank you, Ellie. I am sweet with this t-shirt. Next year, Philpola five mil. Reed three point seven five. Umberger off the books. Who's gonna be a free agent? Oh, let's look. Let us check that out. Good question. Uh, They're not all that interested in free agents is my only thing. Uh, Maybe for the right guy, but do you really want to go and get a – do you really want to go and get yourself into another free agent contract? Uh, Let's see. Where is 2018-19? There we go. Sort by cap hit here. Joe Thornton, I mean, he's either going to retire or stay with San Jose. Rick Nash is an interesting name. Rick Nash is an interesting name. Stasny's an interesting name. The Sedins, they're not going anywhere. Mike Green, we don't need him, Mike Green. Uh, Placanics, 35. Carrie Lettinen, yeah, it's not interesting. Oh, right, yeah, John Tavares. John Tavares is an interesting, interesting name. Um, I don't think he can afford him. Like, he's going to get – if Jack Eichel's worth 10, John Tavares is worth 10, you know? 
So uh, you can't go out and spend that kind of money when you have this defense that's all going to get paid at some point. You don't have a goalie, really. So, I mean, it's you can dream, I guess. But uh tell you some interesting names here, a couple. We all say we want that goal scorer. James Neal's a goal scorer. James Neal would be an interesting guy here, as would James Van Riemsdyk. How would you like to bring back good old JVR? That would be fun, wouldn't it? Oh, man, that would be fun. I almost want it. I almost want to bring back JVR. Uh, I wonder if they have room for him. I would rather kind of just have uh, have some kids come up, but you're always looking for goal scorers. We always say, man, oh, this is nothing but playmakers. We need some goal scorers. Those are two guys who put the puck in the net, so maybe it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Bill, PK Rock Sal tonight. How about Coots? Coots made some nice plays behind the net. Uh, he had that tie-up. Uh, I like what I'm seeing out of that. The penalty kill, their percentage is bad, but I think they're having a lot of the same issues they had with Mason and that they just can't get a stop on the penalty kill. And when they do, they're good. Like, I think, as Charlie would say, the uh, – the process is right on the penalty kill. I think they have the right guys out there. I think for the most part, they make good plays. And it's just, um, you know, they give up some untimely goals sometimes. But you can get that straightened out if your goalies just ah, tighten up. Just tighten up. Just tighten. Um, update on Carter Hart. I believe he's back. Uh, he, he was out with Mono. I believe he is back. A uh, big stretch for the boys coming up. This is where we find out what kind of team they are. Need to put some distance between losses. Yes, but it's also still early. And like I said, I expect this to be a second-half team because of the youth, because of the injuries, because of um, Brian Elliott's, at least last year, being such a slow starter. I just expect this to be a better team from January on. Um Simmons going to be traded at the end of this year. I hate to say it, but the return on him would be too large to pass up. Depends on what you are. Uh, what kind of return do you need for Wayne Simmons? That's the thing is you have all the future assets. You are stocked with future assets. There isn't enough room right now for all the future assets you are already have that are borderline ready to be here. That's the thing. And if they think next year they're contenders, they will be content allowing him to play on his contract here. And I kind of think they resign him. I do. He's just one of those guys I don't think they're going to let uh, leave the organization. Ava Graham joined. What's up, Ava? Charlie O said on the stick to hockey pod that Hague's numbers are deceiving. Um, we've talked about that before in that it's kind of hard to quantify what Haig does, uh, especially now they have him in the Andrew McDonald role. His job is to be good in his own zone and, um, support Ivan Provorov. So it's kind of hard to quantify what he does. I don't know if there's a real way to, um, I don't know if there's a real way at least in publicly tracked data that I know of, to really kind of quantify what Haig does. He's more of just an eye test guy, and my eye test is he's improving. Uh, he looks good. All right. Uh, side note, the best Ninja Turtle, Mikey, man, come on. I mean, that's not even... Yori is a big guy. Yori Laterra is a big guy with a big frame who passes and protects the puck well. He fits in best with a Western team like Anaheim, L.A., San Jose, or St. Louis, where he came from. Um, good point. Yeah, um, could be an interesting, could be an interesting piece to move at some point, especially with the Flyers uh, having the ability to cover some salary because he's got a 4.7 cap hit uh, this year and next year. So he could be a guy that maybe. After this season, they cover half his salary and send him to, you know, in L.A. or in Anaheim or something. Um, given the D we have in the system, we could get a pretty solid return for one of them for what we need. 
yes, um, at some point they're going to need to make that kind of trade. Uh, you don't do it until you're a contender, though, because why? And other than the kids who are playing right now, I mean, like, yeah, I guess you could trade Haig or Gudis or any number of them, but they you're going to get more for them when they're established and you're able to say then bring up a Friedman or something like that to replace them or Phil Myers to replace them. And uh, I, yes, you were going to have to trade. So look, think of the guys I just named and look at there, there's not enough room for Sam Moran yet. Still, you know, they're going to have to move somebody, but um, you don't do it till you're a contender. It's when you need to make the trade and whatever they're going to be looking for, whether it be a goalie, whether it be a goal scorer, whatever. Um, you do it when you have to, when you have to make that move. Like uh, Ottawa thinks they're a contender, so they go out and get Duchesne. The, um, the Predators you know, go out and get Johansson, go out and get Turris, because they believe themselves to be contenders now. Uh, so they, it's not time for the Flyers to make that move yet. But yes, when it is time, they will have everything they need in terms of cap space and assets and draft picks. They don't need any more draft picks. They could, they could trade away all their 2019 and 2020 draft picks for all I care. You know, that's totally fine with me. Um, but when the time comes, they will be able to do something like that. Uh, Tavares has been playing well, but he's either streaky or out injured. No JVR, but Neil would fit well with us. It would be interesting. Um, Hextall is building an army of prospects. One, when one guy gets too expensive, they will have his replacement ready in the system. That's always the hope. You always need to be able to restock. Uh, this is a, this is a salary cap league and you have some veterans on as much as they've been able to clear out. Um, as much as they've been able to clear out some salaries and fix their salary cap woes, they are no longer in, you know, uh, salary cap purgatory. Um, the Drew and Voracek deals do hinder you to some extent. Um, you're not going to bring in a guy who makes more than them in all likelihood, and you can only do so much. And when Andrew McDonald's making five and Gossis Bears at, what, four and a half now, and um, – you're going to have to pay Proverall of at some point. You're so many things that, yeah, that's why you need the good system. And look at what the Predators have been able to accomplish. Think of the guys they've lost. They have lost. Uh, they've lost Weber. They've lost Suter. And they've lost uh, Seth Jones. And they just traded, oh, Christ, Gerard. That's Basically, three number one defensemen and a top defensive prospect, and they still have the best crop of defensemen. Is when Ryan Ellis gets back, they still have the best top four in the league. So uh, that's it's uh, that's what you want. You want to be able to constantly roll it over because the salary cap is restrictive in this league. Um, Simmer deal is a steal. Simmer's deal is a steal right now. Um, I think you can get him in at under six. If you can re-sign Wayne Simmons under six million, I'm all for it. But if someone offers him more, I can't blame him for taking it because, you know. Unless it's some kind of steal, none of the free agents really make sense in Hextall's plan. They, it, it, they don't um, – it, it always depends on the deal. It always depends on what you can get somebody to take. But Hextall has basically worked under the edict of we're not going to do that anymore. Um, but then he did give Dale Weiss four years, so who the hell knows. Um, Simmer has said he doesn't ever want to leave. And that puts pressure on the uh, that puts pressure on the front office to be like, oh. This guy doesn't want to leave. We got to pay him, I guess. It's all right. Uh, you can never have too many prospects and assets in this day and age. Is probably the only way you can build a dynasty. You always have to keep up with the Joneses when it comes to the draft. Absolutely. And you're always, uh, 
you never know, especially the Flyers are getting incredible production out of Drew and Voracek right now. You never know when that fun is going to end either. So you always have to be restocking. And when you look at what some of their what, what some of their kids are doing at the junior level, at the NCAA level, and the AHL, you realize Hextall has done a hell of a job restocking this team in, in the three years he's been here. Uh, cap space assets, draft picks. You're right, Bill. Uh, we're not there yet. What Hexy has done, continues to do in the org. Uh, kind of like Chicago winning three cups with different players outside their core players. Yeah, um, what Chicago's been able to do, and Charlie calls it a Ponzi scheme, but when you have that core that you can sell people on, this is a winning core, you know. We have Taves. We have Kane. Up until this year, they had Hosa. You have Keith. You have Seabrook. You have Crawford. As long as you have that core, you can sell the um, you know 31-year-old goal-scoring free agent on a one-year deal because he's going to get a chance to compete for the Cup. You have that. And then, of course, it's, well, you wouldn't have that chance to compete for the Cup if you didn't have this guy at a steal, but... Yeah, you know, that's the Ponzi scheme. That's the way it works. It's worked for Chicago. You're hoping to be able to have that kind of uh you're hoping to be able to have that kind of effect when the Flyers are doing their thing. Uh your three stars tonight. Oh man, that's a tough one because I want to give it to all three of the first liners, but Elliot's got to be in there. Elliot's my first star tonight. Elliot played his best game as a flyer. Um, Giroux was excellent, and Voracek was excellent too. So it's got to be Elliot. Elliot won, uh, Giroux two, Voracek three. Giroux with that one-timer to get the uh, to get the goal scoring started tonight. I really enjoyed because um, I always, you know, that's a captain's goal. It's like when he makes the play, it's a captain's play. But, like, you got shut out by them last week, and you just couldn't get a puck by Crawford. It was just one of those games. And then you come out tonight, uh, and basically right away, Drew goes, not tonight, boys, and gets his team started, gets the momentum going. Really good to see. So, yeah, Drew two, four, check three. But I got to give Elliott the first star because, uh, hell, man, that was, uh, that was a hell of a performance by him. Best game of the season. Uh, Robert Covington is on fire. Are they playing right now? What's today? Today's Thursday. They're at Sacramento, so the game is on. All right, I gotta, gotta, uh, gotta bounce and watch that. Konechny special mention. Um, Konechny was all over the place tonight. Like I said, his production's coming. I really enjoyed his game. Realistic thoughts on how far away this team is from really competing with the East Elite in the playoffs. <sighs> Who do you consider the East Elite? I mean, you got to believe Pittsburgh's going to be there because they are. They have that kind of top-end talent. They have 20 points. They're tied with Jersey for most points in the Metro. Um, I mean, Toronto's got a ton of talent. Ottawa has one of the – I mean – I don't think they're that far away, to be honest with you. I mean, Tampa Bay, I believe, is the class of the East. Um, Tampa's the class of the East, but outside of them, the Flyers are building towards being right there. And when all said and done, they may end up with more depth than Tampa. Um, Tampa doesn't have near the blue line depth the Flyers could eventually have. So, uh, realistically... I would like to say next year, but realistically the year after. But um, that's what I thought about the Eagles, and they were a year early. So next year I would say the Flyers can realistically compete. But I am expecting them to be very entertaining down the stretch. I fully expect this team to make the playoffs this year and uh, go on a little run. So um, while I don't expect them to make a uh, a cup run, winning a series perhaps isn't out of the isn't out of the realm but some entertaining hockey you know in uh in March and April is what I'm really looking for uh now that we're winding down predictions for Saturday versus the wild I I, I hate predictions man um hat trick for Gostas Bear they do have Vasilevsky and the goalie will um I wasn't totally sold on Vasilevsky uh in uh, in Tampa but he he's he's been playing. Anyone slightly concerned about Patrick's slow progress? 
Um, no, just because I think they're being overly cautious. All right, guys, I think that is all the time I've got for you tonight. We went over an hour. I always have fun doing these. Um, I believe Kelly will be doing the Saturday show uh, for the um, for the Minnesota game. And then I will likely be back with you Tuesday when they're at Minnesota. So we have a we have a home and home with the uh, with the wild. I will in all likelihood be with you next Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, they are at Winnipeg next Thursday. I'll probably er, that's not Thanksgiving, is it? No. Thanksgiving's the 23rd. Yeah. So I'll probably be with you for both of the weekday games next week. I believe Kelly will be on the uh, Saturday game. I love doing these. I have a ton of fun. I love hanging out with all you guys uh, every after every game. It's just, a, it's just a great time to chat, chat flyers, talk about the game, talk about what we think's happening. Uh, keep joining me, and I'll keep doing them. I'm, I'm, having, I'm having a great time. So uh, thanks for everyone for hanging out with me for over an hour. If you hung out for the whole hour. Thank you so much. I can't believe anyone wants to hang out with me for an hour when I do these, but you do, and it's awesome. So thanks for all your support. Uh, we couldn't do what we do without your support. We really appreciate it. Have a great week, everybody. Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly.